This is Sound and Season. It's Friday, the 20th day of Advent. Our scripture for the day comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and 46 through 55. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. During Advent and Christmas, we are united in a common mystery. This common mystery is that of the Incarnation, which means Christ coming in flesh. The God coming in flesh mystery is so unbelievable that it can only be believed in faith. The Incarnation defies all our sensibilities. It defies reason. It defies expectations. It even defi defies our cultural understandings of power. Although it might seem commonplace to followers of Jesus, the central meaning of Christmas is not simply good times with friends and family. It's not holiday cheer or even charity. The central issue of Christmas is the incarnation of God. 
It is the story of God breaking through the darkness, rending the heavens, and coming to our brokenness to redeem us. Even to Christians, the idea of God being physically birthed from the body of a human woman as a tiny, screaming, vulnerable baby is still shocking, if not scandalous. If you think about it, doesn't it say it seem downright uncivilized that the Son of God was born a little, fragile human baby? But that is the greatest wonder of Christmas. In fact, this is the greatest gift of Christmas, that God would so ferociously condescend and enter into the world he created as a helpless baby. There's so much going on in Mary's song of praise. The breadth of scripture references alone, it's stunning. She echoes Hannah's prayer of thanksgiving from 1 Samuel. She weaves in parts of multiple psalms and words of the prophets. Mary is absolutely captivated by the mercy of God, and she worships him with all she is. The great reformer Martin Luther wrote of Mary's worship, saying, When we experience the goodness that is so rapturously great in God's work that all our words and thoughts fall short, our whole life should be excited as if everything in us wants to sing praises. And that's what's happening with Mary. She says her very soul magnifies the Lord. It's not simply her voice, her mind, or her actions. It's her soul, the very seat of her existence, the core of who she is. All of Mary is worshiping and magnifying the Lord. The child who is to be given is the one who would bring all of God's promises to bear. His arrival has been announced by the angel, and total praise breaks forth from Mary's soul. Lord, hear our prayer, and let our cry come to you. Let us pray. Your kindness and your glory, O Lord, know no end. Not only have you determined to save your people, you have also dealt tenderly with us in every promise and their fulfillment. You have filled us with hope and have met every longing, every desire, every expectation. You promised a savior who would shepherd his people and rule in majesty, one who would offer righteousness and fulfill the covenant so graciously given to our fathers, a redeemer who would not only save us from our enemies, but save us from our sins. One whose light would pierce the darkness and vanquish the shadow of death. And you answered through your Son, the shepherd who created the world, the ruler who upholds the universe, the redeemer who is the heir of everything, the savior who is the very radiance and glory of God. You fill us with hope and you meet them all in your Son, Jesus. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. <laughs>